Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harvin of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It is time for another Steelers preview podcast. And when you accidentally hit go live before you're ready to go live and ever that stuff, it happens. And here we are live on YouTube and simulcast on Facebook. Welcome to the show. Joining me as always, Brian Davis. What's up, Brian? Hey, I am here. I'm glad. I don't care what the record is. Well, I care what the record is, but I see great stuff on the horizon. So I'm pumped. All right, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? Oh, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm ready to go. This is a, an exciting new era that we have coming on here. I know Jeff's excited, right? This, uh, mm, indeed. To, to what we're ushering in. Well, I don't know if he's all that excited. Brian, you you weren't there with Jeff. Whenever I got to share the news with him that one Kenneth Shane Pickett, uh, sorry Pickett. I don't want to say call him Pickens like that. That's that's left for bad language. Um, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. Um, when, when we found out that there was a chance he was coming in, there was a report it was coming out. W- wouldn't you have loved to have known Jeff's reaction, B- Brian? Well, I I think you kind of alluded to it on well, the post game show. I I don't know if you know this, but I actually caught Jeff's reaction, and I said I I I said they're they're going to take a shot with Pickett. They're going to do it in the second half. You know what Jeff had to say? L- listen up. Oh my gosh! Don't take Kenny Pickett. Don't take Kenny Pickett. <laughs> you got the front door. Uh-huh. Ah, that was Jeff's reaction to. Oh wait, that was Jeff's reaction to them drafting Jeff, Kenny Pickett. I'm <laughs> sorry, need, I just couldn't help it. Do you need more? Do you need more work to do or something, Dave? Like, how do you have time to go back and look at this stuff? I mean, dude, that took me three you, minutes. <laughs> I, you did that on the uh, your Scobro show too. I, I heard you go back and listen to that. Um, my reaction was I was nervous. I was really yeah. nervous. I said that on my Let's Ride podcast because I've put I put myself out there, obviously, as saying that I think Kenny Pickett should have been starting since week one. And you don't want to come off like an absolute clown. <laughs> so you hope <laughs> yeah. he plays well. Like that's I'm gonna call a spade yeah. a spade and say I hope that he played well, not just for the Steelers' sake, but for the sake that on this show and on other shows that we've done, I've definitely vouched for Kenny Pickett to be the guy. And so this kind of is a good segue into the first topic I want to ask you all about, you know, Matt Canada on Thursday, the coordinator speaks to the media and Matt Canada is, he's like Mike Tomlin 2.0 in regards to speaking with the media. He says everything while saying nothing. And I mean, absolutely nothing. And he doesn't give reporters much of anything. But one thing that he said, I wanted to get Charles take on was uh, that the offense in Matt Canada's, perspective is not going to look too different this Sunday. He said, he's pretty much the same thing. He said, obviously you didn't see too much different in the second half. I might disagree, but I wanted to get your else take Brian. Are you expecting anything different? And if so, what would that be? 
I, you know, I just uh, think that there's going to be pretty much the same thing going on, but with more attention to the strengths of Kenny Pickett, I could actually see more of a focus on the run game this week to kind of uh, take a little weight off of his shoulders. But I think once you start seeing what Kenny Pickett can do, he'll get trusted more and more. It's 2004 in a way. Because when Ben Roethlisberger came in, if you look at the stats week to week with Ben Roethlisberger, they're, they're nothing that says franchise quarterback. They're, they're pedestrian numbers, but it was set up that way. But what wasn't pedestrian was the fact that they won. So they set up a system to make sure that Ben Roethlisberger could win. Of course, he had a different team around him than what... Kenny Pickett's going to have around him. He had a more of a Super Bowl ready team. However, that's a team that came off of a five and 11 year and they did some growing. This is a team that could go ahead and put something nice together. If Kenny could help elevate the rest of this team. Dave, what say you about the offense in regards to, are you expecting anything different? And if so, what would that be? I, I expect different outcomes i expect different production i expect different execution i don't expect a wholesale change in philosophy and that's what i think coach canada was talking about it's not like you're going from joe flacco to lamar jackson it's not where you're changing up your whole philosophy of everything else i don't think that there are plays that they that only were for Pickett or only was for Trubisky. I think they just had their offensive scheme. There are going to be ones that each, like Coach Tomlin said, uh, each one of them will be more comfortable with. So it's not like they're 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 coming out and changing everything because of the quarterback, which isn't what you wanted to do in the first place. But what's going to be different about the offense? And that's that's what people I'd say. Oh no, what's he talking about? It was definitely different. The production was different. I don't. I didn't feel like it looked like a completely different scheme coming from the Steelers in the second half. I just saw, you know, not. I mean, tweaked, but I, I saw completely different um, uh, execution. Yeah, there were definitely. I see. I don't think the offense and its structure is going to change too much. I do think that there were the play calling was different in the second half. You saw a, a coordinator that was comfortable with a quarterback who was comfortable in the pocket and not having to move them out on the, you know, the, yeah. if you think about Mitch Trubisky's last two and a half games, it was constantly, they were trying to cut the field in half, getting him out of the pocket, get him on the run, which is where he excelled. I don't blame them for doing that. Pickett is more of a, I can stay in the pocket. He can do the other stuff too. Dave, what do you want to say? Oh, I was going to say, it wasn't like Matt Canada put away his Mitch Trubisky play right. sheet paper and pulled out his Kenny Pickett one. It was the same paper, but the plays that he could do, and you could say, oh, let's do this one. That could be different. Yeah, so I, I think you will see it. It'll be a little bit different. I think the play calling will be a little bit different. I think that... uh you know, you're, you're going to see an offense. It's it, people might watch it and say, "Wow, that was vastly different." When in reality, like Dave said, you know, th there's plays that Kenny Pickett likes. He Matt Canada did talk about how there's route combination that he route combinations that he prefers over Trubisky. So there, if this means it works. It works. We'll see how it goes. I want to ask you all uh, the question, which is the title of the podcast. It's about moral victories. So the Steelers find themselves in a really tough spot this week. Everyone knows that going to Buffalo is difficult in and of itself. But when you have the high powered bills, they're probably the top, one of the top ranked offenses, the top overall defense, I believe they're at least top three in almost every major statistical category. And third it, offense, first defense. There you go. So the, it, when you look at yardage, which is what everyone goes by. AKA they're good. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a situation where a lot of fans have said, well, you know, if the Steelers go up to Buffalo and they hang in there and they make it close until the end, that's a that's a win in their book. Brian, do you believe that the Steelers do the moral victory thing or is that just a fan thing? That's a fan thing. And as far as I'm concerned, moral victories are for school children and our youth under 18. That's where the moral victories need to come to build them up when you get to the NFL and you say, Oh, we hung with the Buffalo bills. No beat the Buffalo bills. You know, you could, you're professionals. 
And this is not the bad news bears. You know, this isn't a team that's that is incapable of the Bills. I know the I know it's 14 points, but come on, this team is definitely capable of doing it. They did it last year. Sure, slightly different situation, but they've done it. This Buffalo Bills team almost lost two weeks in a row. They did, and I'm thrilled that they beat Baltimore, not because it was beating Baltimore, because I didn't want them to come in with a two-game losing streak, but this team's failable. So, no, there's no moral victory here. You go ahead and, sure, if you're sowing the seeds for later, but that still goes into your loss column, and that affects paychecks, that affects playing time. No, you've got to go and do everything you can to win and not say, oh, all right, we're making strides, we're getting closer. No. BS. Dave, what are your thoughts on moral victories? Um, as you asked him if it was for the team or for the fans, it is for the fans with, cause how I say you only feel as good moving forward as your last game. So it is possible to feel better about the team going forward with the Steelers, not winning the game as a fan, but that's the, that's where it ends. There, there is no column um, win lose tie moral victory that, that there's no column there when it comes to the team's record so you've got to go out there you got to win but what's different and it's not a moral victory but what is different is after every game you 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 break it down and you learn from mistakes and you build on things that you did well you can still have things that you did well and you can build on those things in a game that you lose, especially against a good opponent. That's not a moral victory. That's just something to build your team for the future. But it, it's not like, oh, look, they did great. They lost, but, okay, the fans can feel that way, but the team, it's it's win or lose because that's what ultimately it comes down to. Yeah, it's a fan analyst thing. And, and to me, moral victory and uh, you could say gleaning positives from a losing effort, they're the same thing. They're, they're the yeah. same thing. It, you know, a moral victory is just in terminology the same as, well, you know, the Steelers lost, but like Dave just said and alluded to, they did this, this, and this really well. And maybe that's something they can build upon for future weeks. Like you said, players, coaches, now you either win or you lose. For fans, analysts, media members, they are the ones that can always kind of try to draw stuff out of a loss. So I think it's, I feel like it's pretty much the same, but I don't think the Steelers do moral victories. Brian, what do you think? Go ahead. No, I, I don't think they do, but you might be hearing me do that exact same thing. And cause it's our job to give you a reason to come back next week if they do lose. So, you know, moral victories are a tool that sometimes like the media or the fans use, but, and I'm not going to say that I'm not going to do it because I need you to come back next week and watch the Steelers <laughs> and well, maybe download a podcast. <laughs> well, no, the thing is, is, is for, for us. And I say us as in fans, us as in pseudo media, there's going to be a lot to talk about this team for 17 yeah. games. It, it's not, I mean, especially with Kenny in the lineup. Now when Kenny Pickett was named the starter and barring injury, I don't foresee that changing. Uh, there's a lot on the line for the team this season and their future. So I think that the, the genuine, the, the really diehard fan, they're not going to miss anything for, for anything. It doesn't matter. Now there are those fans that'll say, Oh, one in three, I'm checking out. Let me know if they start winning again. And I feel like those fans, at least for those of us that are behind the steel curtain, the do podcasts and are in the live chat and see all these people in the same names every, every single week, even in the off season, they're, in not, June. Going, they're not going <laughs> yeah. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no point. Well taken, Brian. Point well um, taken. Can, can I, cause here's my question to you, Jeff. Sure. Moral victories are, it's an ambiguous term. You can define it any way you want, but for example, in this game coming up, is it possible for the Steelers to lose the game and you still have more winners than losers in your winners and losers column? Yeah, it, it is. It, That's well, the no, question. No, not <laughs> you know more, what I mean? Not more. No, yeah. it would be, it could be even, it could be split. Yeah. It could be like five and five, yeah. but I don't think it would ever be more in a losing effort. But I mean, Dave, you coached, yeah. I mean, when I coached the game, we went up, we went up against teams that were the equivalent of Steelers bills on paper. Yeah. And there were con there were times where we almost pulled out the, the win. And as a coach, I, I said to my team afterwards, yeah, we lost and that sucks, but you know what? 
there's a lot to like about that performance that we just put on the field. I, I think that there is something there and people, you know, like I said, the moral victory is just in terminology. The Steelers could grow from a win or from, from a loss. Even they could see some things that worked well and they could build off of that. I'm yeah. not trying to excuse a loss by any stretch of the imagination. I just feel like it is possible to glean positives from a performance, even if it is in a losing effort. So Brian, anything to add to that before we move on? not the best color man in the league for nothing <laughs> all right let's uh let's let's you know what dave's going to be talking for about 20 minutes here i was going to say if, if, if we get the injury, injury report, report. Can might as well go to bed because that'll take up the rest of the show <laughs> seriously my let's ride podcast i think the first half was 40 minutes and 20 of it was the bill's injury report i'm joking it's a little sir it's a little bit of an exaggeration but it is lengthy dave why don't you read the injury reports just do Thursday. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's all I'm doing. Here's 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 the Steelers. Two new players added to the injury report from the that weren't on there the day before. They were both offensive players. It was Deontay Johnson limited with a hip, although after practice he said it was just some soreness and he's fine. And Mason Cole limited with a foot. The the seven players that were on both days were all from the defense. The only player who did not practice on Thursday was Akella Witherspoon with a hamstring. Coach Tomlin said we could we could assume he was unavailable this week anyway. He already said on Tuesday. Yeah. So that's not a surprise. Everyone else was limited. Cam Sutton, limited two days in a row with a groin slash hamstring. Okay, Levi Wallace, limited two days in a row with a foot. Uh, Chris Wormley with an ankle and Cam Hayward with an ankle and elbow, limited both days as well. What was the positive was two players who didn't practice on Wednesday, Micah Fitzpatrick with a knee and, Ter- and Terrell Edmonds with a concussion, which I think that was one that if he didn't practice on Thursday was going to be, you know, why even bother? But both of them were limited on Thursday. So once again, we'll see what Friday holds. Let's do some predictions, Brian. What do you see for game statuses this weekend? Uh, well, let's assume Witherspoon is ruled out. Anyone else you see? uh maybe questionable heading into the weekend? I think there's going to be a whole lot of questionables, but I would expect most of these guys to play. And just like my answer last week, no, no Witherspoon. We already know that. And, uh, or it's assumed to be that like Dave just said. So, you know, I, I think you're going to see a lot of these guys playing through some stuff. I don't think it's anything that's going to keep them off of the field. Dave, do you agree with that? Well, the, well, you got to see what we have on Friday, not even before you see this game status, but just how much they participate. You could very well see somebody actually end up questionable, which they haven't had all year. Uh, the big one to me is what does Terrell Edmonds have yeah. Friday? Can he go to a full participant? Even if he does, he still might be questionable because it might take until Saturday for him to clear the protocol. Because he, I, I'm pretty sure it would have to take until Saturday because I think he has to go a full practice and then have no symptoms the next day. So I think if he doesn't have a full practice on Friday, they'll probably get ruled out. If he has a full practice, he'll probably be questionable. And then you'll get a report on Saturday with whether or not he's out of the protocol or not. Yeah, that you was just the words right out of my mouth with Edmonds. Uh, Chris Wormley, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, sometimes the Steelers will throw a questionable tag on him. Let's say they wanted to have Isaiah Loudermilk in the lineup. Oh, yeah. And so they put questionable on Wormley. And then uh, that's why he's not playing is because the ankle. So I don't know that they, they've been known to navigate those waters in unique ways. We'll put it that well, way. let's just say it this way. Cam Hayward might be in worse shape than Chris Wormley. And I would say Cam Hayward is more likely to play. Yeah, I would because agree. someone who, you know, it's the infamous uh, last year, you had both Zach Banner and Devin Bush coming off the knee injuries. Uh, Devin Bush at the time, they didn't, he was still out there because Devin Bush not being himself was still better than everything else they had. Although some people might want to argue that they still didn't have that much else, but Zach Banner wasn't, you know, it, not all, not all players are equal when it comes to how injured they can play. Correct. All right. Let's go to the ready? Buffalo side of things. This is going to take a while. Don't read anyone that they just had resting. Just skip over. Okay, just names. skip them. Okay, cornerback Christian Benford hand did not play, did not participate. This is just for Thursday. I don't even have Wednesdays. Wide receiver Jamison Crowder ankle did not participate. Wide receiver Gabe Gabe oh Gabe 
Davis ankle. He was a full participant, but they didn't cross him out. Um, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds hamstring did not practice for the second straight day, skipping the rest player. Tight end Daw Dawson Knox foot slash hamstring did not practice. Wide receiver Jake is that Kumarau ankle? Kumaro. Okay, uh, did not practice. Um, cornerback. Cam Lewis, forearm, knee, he was a full participant. Wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie, concussion limited. He sounds like that's similar to Edmonds. Um, Vaughn Miller was rest. Uh, center Mitch Morse, elbow, full participant. Offensive lineman Justin Murray, foot, limited. Uh, defensive tackle Ed Oliver, ankle, limited. Defensive tackle Jordan Phillips, hamstring, limited. Safety Jordan Poyer, ribs, did not practice. Ooh. <laughs> that, that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, Brian, any names uh, come to mind or as, you know, pique your interest, so to speak? Oh, yes. And his name's Edmonds. I think one of the most fantastic players on that defense, Tremaine, better of uh, brother of Terrell. I think he is, oh my gosh, I think he controls the middle of that defense. And if he is not in that game, that's the equivalent of not having that's the equivalent of the Baltimore Ravens back in the day, not having Ray Lewis. And I know that's a very bold statement, but I think he brings it all together for that team. Poyer, I would love to see him in a hoodie in three clothes this weekend. Cause I think he's tough. He always had Ben Roethlisberger's number, but that was Ben Roethlisberger. You know, I've, there's a lot of guys on that list. If you're LPs, I expect you to play Ed Oliver is a big body in the middle too that uh, he helps the he helps stop the running game. But as far as everything goes, I always look at injury reports as fool's gold because I just read one a couple of weeks ago with Miles Garrett and um, Joel Batonio on it. And of course they were playing. That's a good point. Dave, what about you looking at the Buffalo injury report? Is there anyone left? Oh no. Uh Brian mentioned Jordan Poyer. Wasn't he the the AFC defensive player of the week last week? Yeah, he had two picks last week. Yeah. Um that would be to me I would say that would would be my number 1 listing them. And then of course um Edmonds and then also tight end Dawson Knox, but I don't think he practiced last week and then he played. So I'm I wouldn't be shocked if everybody on this list ends up playing unless they're the guys that you don't really know who they are because they're reserve guys and it's not worth it for them to, to even bother. Yeah. Now Poyer's the one and he has a rib injury and that's tough. I mean, you're a defender and you think about the amount of contact you're contact you're going to be dealing with and yeah, they might shoot you up and numb that up, but at the same time it could obviously linger and limit your mobility and things like that. So injuries, unfortunately on both sides of the team are a, a big storyline with the Steelers and their defensive side of the ball. And same with everyone on the 53 man roster for the bills. So, all right, let's um, y'all ready for a little over under. Sure. Brian, you have your little notepad and ready to scribble down some stuff. He's getting it. <laughs> Brian's been keeping track. If he unmutes himself, we'll see. What, what's the tally, Brian, of the over-unders this Oh, I had a terrible week last week. Yeah. Jeff, you were still leading, and I think you're leading by three. And I'm now in second place because of mm -hmm. Dave's bad week. But Dave's good at this. So but I No, the problem is Jeff. His lines were almost spot on. Sorry. Oh yeah, no. his his <laughs> lines are insane. My apologies. I want to apologize for excellence. I mean, I mean, it's uh, the one week, Jeff. You got you got it right on the right on the dot. If we would have said push, which I never say push, if we would have said push, we would have got it right. I think one week Jeff and I said push to something, and we did get it right. Yeah, I think yeah. I, actually, you did do that. Yeah. But um, no, this has been fun. Yeah, Jeff's leading. This is a long season. One thing that I'm also I'm also keeping track of is uh, covering the spread. That's win or lose. If if the team covers or team, regardless of who you pick, it's if the Steelers cover or if they don't. Well, you know I'm going to lose that one. I'm gonna, if the, if the Steelers lose, I'm losing because I never pick against the team. So they were going they were supposed to go 17 and 0 according to when the schedule was released, but that didn't pan out. <laughs> So, all right, are you all ready to go? Let's get this thing Let's started. It. It's gonna, there's going to be a lot of Kenneth Shane Pickett in this one. Uh -oh. um, so, KP8 passing yards, all right? Yards passing, 235 and a half. That's the number. Brian, over-under. 
I'm going to go under. Mm, okay. That would be right around that. That would be the average for the Bills, uh, their top-ranked pass defense. Dave, what about you? If you double what he did in the second half last week, it would be 240. Correct. So, but to me, I think it all depends on how you think the game's playing out. If you think exactly. that they're going to be behind, they might throw it more. So I'm actually going to go with the over. Uh, I am going to go. I went back and looked at every <laughs> single quarterback that's gone against Buffalo and it was weird. Some yeah. of these numbers were weird. I'm going to go under, but not by much. I think he, I think he eclipses 200, but I'm going to go under. Next one is for uh, Najee Jerome Harris and Najee Jerome carries how many carries he has in a game. Not yards, just carries. I have a line at 14 and a half. Brian, what do you think? I'm going to go over. It needs to be over. And he's he's getting better every week. His production's getting better. And I think that they're going to have to still try to get him the ball. Even, well, the problem is if he gets if they get down real bad real early. All right, Dave, 14 and a half. And that's carries. That doesn't include, that's not that's, touches, right? Not touches, carries. Because uh, if it was touches, that would be easier. Yeah. I think you picked another good number because of, you know, how is the game going to play out? But you know what? I don't want to lose another spot to Brian, so I'll go over as well. I was going to go over. I'm thinking more like 15, 16. Uh, he hasn't hit 20 yet, though, no. this entire season, which is really interesting. Maybe he's still a little banged up. We'll see. Let's go to the next back to Kenneth Shane. Pickett, number eight, passing touchdowns in this game. We're setting at two and a half. Brian, what do you think? I think he's going to get two. So let me go under. All right, Dave. Yeah, I'm going to go under as well with two. Over three. <laughs> Over with three. And just going to pick him to only score 20 points now. <laughs> oh, no, wait till my prediction. It's okay. <laughs> See, I have to come up with my prediction beforehand See, I to make sure all these things fit. I don't, especially with, with this prediction. You'll find okay. out. All right. Uh, let's go with Pittsburgh Steelers sacks of Josh Allen. One and a half. Brian. What do you think? Buffalo has not given up a lot of sacks this year. They have Eight, not. I think. Same and as the Steelers. Yeah. I could actually say that I'm going to go over. I'm going to say they get two. So it's one and a half. So yeah, yep. let's go over because I have this new rule when it comes to picking over and under. When they're when they're playing a team that has a lot of linemen that on the injury report, I just I pick under. Because they never seem to do that against teams that are that if you have your seventh string tackle that was just waiting at an Applebee's just last week and he's playing for the opposition, this he will stone the Steelers for some reason. <laughs> so you said over, right? Yes. Okay. Dave, what about you? Uh, you know what? If the Steelers want to have a have a chance at this game, I think they're gonna to have to get at least two. I mean, if they're going to want to try to try to try to begin it at the end, I'll, that's the thing. If you can begin at the end and see what happens, honestly, my mind is telling, my heart's telling me, it's or my gut's telling me one, but my heart's telling me two. So I'm going to go over, go with the heart, ignore just, the gut. This is out of just curiosity, and I'll ask you all this because it reminds me of last season, week 18 at Baltimore. We all remember Hunley gets the football. We think TJ Watt gets a sack, but they deem it was a run. Am I right? What is that delineation? Do y'all do you know? Do you know how they do no, that? that? That was because he fumbled it. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. What is the delineation between a designed run, which equates to a tackle for loss, and a sack? The I pretty much they have to say that there was an attempt to. The, uh, an attempt to throw the ball. So to me, I think it's three things. I could be way off of this, but this is the three things you look at. Did the lineman go block downfield? Because now they call that with, for everybody. Um, did the receivers run passing routes? And did the quarterback with the ball in his hands look downfield towards receivers? Got it. Okay. With all that being said, I'm going to say over with two. I think they get two and maybe Josh Allen slips and falls and someone touches him. So that <laughs> might be one, but it counts. It still counts. All right, let's go to George Pickens. Last week, we did George Pickens receiving yards. We're doing it again. Receiving yards for George Pickens. 62 and a half is the yardage number there. Brian, over under. I got to go with the over with George Pickens, and here's the reason why. 
I think he is the number one option for Kenny Pickens. Kenny Pickens. Pickens. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do that a lot. Over, yeah. We can over and under that. Yeah. <laughs> Not a number high enough. Yeah. All right, Dave, what do you think? Over I'm under going over. You could have gone 82 and a half and I'd have gone over. Against but that I think defense? that would have been tougher. Well, just after last week, you got to yeah. think, is, is this going to is this going to be the connection? But there's a lot of unknowns to say, hey, is this going to be – was it the exception or was it the rule? That's what we're going to find out a lot with a lot of stuff this week. I'm going to say over, but barely. 65 is what I'm thinking. 65. I think he hits pay dirt, but I just don't think he has the 102 yards that he had last week. Then last one, Deontay Johnson targets. This is something that was I've been really thinking a lot about is how is Kenny Pickett entering the lineup impact uh, DJ's targets? Because if we listen to Jeffrey Benedict, he told you how with Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback, he was on pace to break, break the uh, touches and targets that he set with Roethlisberger, which is crazy. I have it at six and a half targets in this game. Brian, over under. I'm going to go over. All right, Dave. Yeah, same here. Because I before you said the line, I had at least seven in my in my mind, so I'll go with that. I'm going to go over as well with seven. So uh, we all three agree on that one. But I, I, there's something about these last two for me: Pickens yards and Deontay Johnson targets. I'm wondering if this offense might be what I've always envisioned, and that is kind of pick your poison. Who the, whoever the open guy is is going to get the targets, going to get the ball. Whoever has the matchup, we'll see. But that's it for me. Um, Y'all ready for a spread and stuff like that for some predictions? Dave, you ready? Sure. Yeah. Now, before you do that, Dave, I want to read something here. Now, I do the NFL Expert Picks article every week. Typically runs on Friday, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And uh, I found some some little interesting nuggets here. This was courtesy of ESPN. Listen to these. And this has to do with the point spread. That's why I'm reading it now. So here's the first nugget. Pittsburgh has not been at least 14-point underdog since 1969. Pittsburgh's the only team since the 70 merger to never be at least a 14 point underdog. Pittsburgh's largest underdog role since the mergers plus 13 and a half against Dallas in Super Bowl 30, where they lost by 10. It's the largest underdog role under Mike Tomlin is was 12 points in last year's wildcard game. Next one. Since Mike Tomlin was hired in 2007, Pittsburgh is 44, 25 and three against the spread as an underdog. The second best mark in the league in that span. They are 37 and 35 outright. The only team with a winning record in yep. that span. Tomlin is 11 and two against the spread seven and six straight up as an underdog of at least three and a half points. When Ben Roethlisberger is not the quarterback and he is seven and one against the spread without big Ben as at least a six point underdog. Josh Allen is 10, four and two against the spread as at least a seven point favorite. And he is six, two and two against the spread as a double digit favorite last season. First round quarterbacks making their first career NFL starts went Oh, and five against the spread. This is the largest spread so far this season. The previous high was in week two when green Bay covered a 10 and a half point spread against the Chicago bears. So there you go. Some interesting nuggets. I wanted to share on the show. Yeah, I I was it this past off season or sometime on my stat geek. I talked about that whole thing that since 2007, the Steelers are the only team with a winning record when they are under when they are underdogs. Yeah, pretty pretty impressive stuff there when you when you look at that. And that, those will be in that article yeah. if you want to check it out on Friday. If you want to take a look a closer look at that. So, all right, Dave, what is the current spread? I had seen this more the, earlier today. It was up to 14 and a half. As it's still 14 and a half. Woo, wrong way. So it's moving in the direction that it will be at least 14. Because remember, these other games that they say they haven't been more that it, it's not talking about any time. It's what it is at kickoff. That's what it all comes down to. So if things change between now and then, but right now it's at 14 and a half with an oven, oh, eh, over under of 46. All right. Brian, what's your score prediction? Steelers cover. I will tell you that. I'm definitely taking them to cover. I think the storm's coming. I think when I say the storm, the storm of the Steelers, I think they are going to, I still think this is a playoff caliber team. I think it can happen. I just don't know if it's this week. I think it's going to be close, but I'm not sure who to take because in my, I could actually envision me watching this game on Sunday and seeing the Steelers win this game. 
but there's fear in me. There's fear, like, eh, you know, that's way high of a spread. This is not the right time, but screw fear. Let's take the Steelers. Oh, what's your score? If they win this game, it's going to have to be by the score of 30 to 28. Mm, spicy. Okay. Dave, prediction time. Uh, I tell you what, if if I had the opportunity to take 10 or 20 bucks and throw it on the money line, I would definitely go for the Steelers in this one to win upright. Just beat outright upright. Heck of, heck of a payout. Because of the payout. <laughs> it was at plus 800 at one point. Now it's it's plus 650. But still, that's plus 650. I mean, uh, that's that's pretty good. So that's what I would do there. This is a big spread. I think that this team has the potential to really get on a roll this year. Um, if they can bring it all together with the spark to the offense, get a spark back on the defense in the coming weeks, if you know what I mean. But I'm kind of like Brian, is this week, is it too soon and too good of an opponent otherwise? Because I'll be 100% honest with you. If it's not for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm kind of pulling for the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. I mean, not this week. I want to see him just, I, I want to see him get taken down. But if it's not going to be the Steelers, there's just something about this Buffalo team that's also likable, and you can respect this team. I think the Steelers come out in what we would call a moral victory game. Uh, I have the final score of 34 to 29 in favor of the Buffalo Bills. The Steelers go for a two point conversion to bring it to three and don't get it. And that's why it's the weird 29 score, since Brian likes weird scores in there anyway. But so I think the Steelers score the most points that they have all season. But I just think that also think that which would be great because they're going up against the best defense that they've seen all season. So that would really be something. But I just think that the Bills offense is also too much for the Steelers D right now, especially with a banged up secondary, too. All right. So what was your final score? 34 29. All right. For me. There's two things in case someone's just tuning into the show for the first time. I said this on my let's ride when I did my prediction, but Jeremy Jerome beds as well. There's two things you need to know. Number one, I'm a Homer. Number two, I never pick against the Steelers. And number three is I never back down from those first two things. I just said, um, <laughs> I have picked against the Steelers it was a long time ago and it was against new England. Go figure. But I feel like I, I, there, I, I hearkened back to week one of 2021. And I said, damn it, we're picking the same score. Pittsburgh 23, Buffalo 16. Let's go with it. I thought it was 17. No, it was 16. 23, oh, no, 16. I thought, no, I thought you were picking the score of 23 17 every week oh. until you finally hit it. That's true. I should have done that. I should have done that. I actually went back and looked at that. That's all the reason I went 16. Okay. Was because I said, yeah. See, almost exactly the same. I can't pick against Pittsburgh because, in my mind, like Brian alluded to, I am always envisioning a way for them to win. Absolutely. Always. Always. Even when my brain says, Jeff, that's very unlikely to happen. Yeah. My heart says, but it could. <laughs> well, <laughs> but you it you could. have to admit this week, <laughs> oh, the path to victory is very narrow. It, it is, is a very narrow battle. path, but there is still a path to victory. Yeah. And that's why we're going to watch. And that's why we're going to wave our towels. And that's why we're going to be ready for one o'clock on Sunday. This did I just give my closing thoughts before? I think you did. I think you did. Um, you can go ahead and go. Like Brian did, got to leave early last week. <laughs> Hit the music. <laughs> we haven't done trivia yet. I know. But the thing is for me is like with Kenny Pickett, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, it's going up against Buffalo. And then he has all this, the murderer's row and all this stuff. You know what? Go out there, man. No one's expecting you to do anything. Go out and sling it. Like Go out and just have fun and, and just chuck the rock around and, and – this, there's something about this guy, this quarterback that I don't know. He is, he's got that it factor. That's the way I call it. It's the only way to say it. You can't, there's no stat to look it up, but he's got that it factor. And I think he's going to show up. I think he's going to show up. That doesn't mean they're going to win, but I hope they do. I hope they do. Hey, real quick, before we go to trivia, someone on my Wednesday let's ride mailbag asked a really good question. And I wanted to bring it up because we always do the middle names. We were the ones that started that here yeah. on our podcast platform. And they brought up, why isn't it 
why is it Minka get the middle name treatment? I mean, we've done middle names for him as everybody else, and except like Deontay Johnson. We've never done his middle name on the no, show. No, you mean Deontay Lamarcus Johnson? You know it, but I'm not saying that we've said it. <laughs> yeah, so we've no. done Christopher Lynn. We knew Benjamin. It was literally Todd. right on my screen in front of me when I went oh. to try to find <laughs> Trent Jordan, um, yeah. Kenneth Shane. That's Kenny Pickett's middle name. What is Minka's middle name? Do we know? I see. I can't pronounce it, so I'm not completely sure. I don't know whether a nane, a name. Oh, I don't no. know. It's a n a n e a n n a n e. Yes, I think it's Anane. Anane, I, I Anane. I'm not sure. Brian, go to an autograph signing this summer with uh, Minka there and ask him, will you please get it on video, and then we'll be able to say it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're screwing up the first name Minka. Like, <laughs> Najee yelled at me, and I'm like twice his age. I'm over he, twice his age. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. All right, enough of that. Let's go to trivia. Uh, you both have trivia? Yes, I do. All right, Brian, go ahead. So I'm trying to do my trivia each week on the opposing team and having to do with the Steelers. There's so many things that we can do, but, you know, I just love the old guys, and I – I want to go back to the 70s and 80s. And here's a player that was a number one draft pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers who lasted with the Steelers seven years. He then was traded to the Buffalo Bills and lasted there six years, but he doubled his production and went to one Pro Bowl in 1981. Who was that number one draft pick for the Steelers? So he went to the Pro Bowl with buffalo buffalo in 1981 okay first round pick for the steelers pro bowl so you, we've got to be talking about i i think i know it i think i know it jeff does not so go for it dave if i had to guess oh man that one's tough played for the steelers da, 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 da. So seven years for the Steelers, you say? Yes. So that means right there, that tells you that, no, no, because who I was thinking can't be right. Because you say they were a pro bowler in 81 for Buffalo, right? Yes. They were still, that who I, my first thought was still with the Steelers in 81. Um, man, man, oh man. So it'd have to be before the 74 draft, right? Yes. So you're probably because like I was thinking someone like you know like Robin Cole, but no, that wasn't him. That was too soon. Let's see. It's not it's not Franco. That because that was 72. Um and and it's not Terry. So you're looking at either 71 or 73. It's got to be one of those two. So that's either do you remember him, Jeff? Who was it? Was it was a Lewis that was drafted before ham in 71. Right. So it has to be either him or it has to be 73. I'm sorry. I'm using my mathematical um, eliminations. And that was, um, Oh my goodness. I can't even remember 73 because their draft was not very good at all. Florida state. He was a four time. It was a defensive back. Wasn't it? Cause they took him in the first two rounds. Um, yeah, I, I, is it this guy from 73? Because if it is, I don't remember his name. The guy from 73 was J.T. Thomas out of Florida yeah. State, but it is not. It is Frank Lewis. So, so, it, was, you, so it was, okay. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And he was he was actually very good. We're number 43 for the Steelers, mm -hmm. but the 1974 draft, there were not a lot of balls for him, but he was one of mm -hmm. the best pass catchers for that team in that first Super Bowl. The only re reason I remember him like the name is because he was the player taken before him and you know, the round before. So by the Steelers. All right, Dave, your trivia, go for it. All right. My trivia. I got some, some of these are easy. The, I've got a series of trivia questions oh, um, and only the way that I can do it. Okay. Uh, we're going to start off with, with the great one. Okay. We're, we're starting off with one. We're which great one am I talking about? Am I talking about KP8 or am I or, or am I or am I talking about um you know BR7? So it doesn't sound the same, does it? BTR. <laughs> BTR. There we go. 
there's some comparisons because, you know, the last pass completion that Ben Roethlisberger threw was to Zach Gentry. The first pass completion that Kenny Pickett threw was to Zach Gentry. Okay. Kenny Pickett has not thrown a touchdown pass yet, but there's been some talk about, you know, those pass catches by, but with Ben Roethlisberger when he first started playing. Do you remember the three players who caught Ben Roethlisberger's first three touchdowns? In order, um, is this see Randall L was one that was the first one? Um, I'm gonna say, to Jeremy Tooman, no, Plexico. Uh, it's a little bit easier than that. You got a Brian Heinz Ward, Heinz Ward was the second one. And the third one, Dan Kreider, <laughs> Chris McAllister on a fifty-one yard pick six. Uh. <laughs> so we still don't know who Kenny Pickett's first touchdown pass is going to be to, but we also know that Kenny Pickett has rushed for two touchdowns so far. How many games did it take Ben Roethlisberger to rush? For two tu- until he rushed for two touchdowns. How many games did he play until he hit his second rushing touchdown, including playoffs? I'll say 10. I'm going to say seven. Seven. Uh, Jeff had decided, was he going over or under the 10? He went on the wrong side. It took Ben Roethlisberger until the fourth game of his second season to rush for his second touchdown. That was 20 games because he played in 16 games his first year, you know, 14 regular season because he didn't play the last week either because they rested him Um, and the two playoff games. And then the fourth game of his, of his second year until he rushed for two. Kenny Pickett is on pace to, to rush for, you know, if, if he plays 10 years, he's going to rush for how statistically how many touchdowns? Um, that would be insane. 300 and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something crazy like that. So actually 340. Yep. So all right, that's what I got. Someone said 20 some games in the in the Sherry Richard said 21. That was pretty close. So um good job. Sherry Richard also got Frank Lewis, I believe. So uh George mm-hmm. Testing got Frank Lewis too. Okay. But George nice. had Frank, he had Frank Lewis question mark. But I'm still going to give George the good dude, so I'm going to give him credit. Frank the Tank. That's what they used to call him, I think. That's what I heard Frank back in the, the day. Tank. <laughs> Frank the Tank. All right, so that's it. Uh, Brian, let's do your final thoughts. Go for it. All right. My final thoughts are simple. There is one thing that is driving me absolute bonkers this week, and I'm not going to tell fans how to feel. Definitely not going to do that. But a lot of people were calling for this change for Kenny Pickett. And we are now in an immediate satisfaction gratification society where everything's going to be perfect right away. Because Kenny Pickett did not produce the win and through those interceptions in that game, we had a lot of people on the, on the, uh, pre, not the preview, the, uh, the post-game show, talking about, well, they should just tank the rest of the year and get a quarterback next year. Haven't even given this guy a chance yet. You know, let's give this guy a chance. Let's see what he has. He took a team that was just stagnant, and it looked exciting in the second half. I shudder to think what would have happened if Kenny Pickett had 30 more seconds instead of the nine that he was given at the end of that game. I shudder to think, I think he could have done something or he would have come awfully close. So this show was about, there's no moral victories. There was a moral victory for Kenny Pickett last week because he showed what he can do and we could look forward to that. Wasn't a victory and that's fine. And ultimately he did not produce the win and that's fine. However, this week, All eyes are on Kenny Pickett. And whether he struggles or he succeeds, there's a lot of upside with KP8. All right, Dave, final thoughts. 
All right. First thing, I do have to give some some shout outs. I said I was going to do this because as a part of our, our one article that Jeff and I do each week, we take turns. It's the Friday night six pack of questions. It's just a discussion article. We ask six questions. Um, at least four of them are about the Steelers. Some of them could be about anything. Um, I, I asked a question for one of them. I said, what is your boldest prediction for the game? And whoever has the boldest correct prediction, I would then give them a shout out on the podcast. I picked two of them. Some people went and said, hey, you stole mine. I had to go with the first person to say it. And that was, uh, I think it's Karuna XB70 said Trubisky gets benched at halftime for Pickett. Um, they were not the first, not the only one to say it, but they were the first one. But also Steelers since 73 uh, said that George Pickens would have his, his first 100 plus yard receiving game. So I had to give those shout outs. So if, you, if you've never been a part of that article, it is a lot of fun. Just a, a lot of discussion, a lot of people talking about what they're cooking and eating on a Friday night. Back to the Back to everything going forward here. I'm going to tell you something. Some people, people deal with things in a different way. We all cope with what's going on with the Steelers one way or the other. Some people get get really down about it. They get really negative, and you know, that's okay. Some some people are just they have to tune out. They don't even want to watch. We understand. Like Brian said, we hope you don't. Some people they have to start looking forward to next year. I'm not looking forward to next year. Yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going with Kenny Pickett. If the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to finish, and I'm not, this isn't my prediction or anything, because a lot will change each week. If they're going to finish, you know, uh, six and seven or five and 12, you would much rather do that with Kenny Pickett getting the experience. You couldn't, you, you were never going to get to that point with Trubisky and not have Pickett because you couldn't waste. Two seasons, if you know what I mean. You know, hit it with a double whammy where you had a down season and you didn't even get to know what was going on with your rookie quarterback unless it was something due to injury or something like that. But to me, for a lot of people, they want to say, what position do the Steelers need in the draft next year? I'm not – you can ask me that question all you want. I that's I'm not going there. I'm not going to go there because so much can change between now and then. I mean, look at it. Last year – the Steelers fans were really worried about cornerback because Akella Witherspoon was the biggest trade bust that, that, that uh, Kevin Colbert ever made. And by the end of the season, they said, you got to have him back next year. Now they don't know how they feel. There's a lot of things that could happen. A lot of people are like, oh, you need a big defensive lineman. What if Chris Wormley is injured? Isaiah Loudermilk comes in and DeMarvin Leal come on strong. And all of a sudden, by the end of the season, you've got these two stud defensive linemen. You don't know what can happen between now and the end of the season. It could also go in the opposite direction. So for those of you that like, I can't cope with the Steelers not winning, I have to think about 2023, go ahead. But not everybody's ready to do that right now. I, for one, I'm ready for this ride week in, week out. Even with the, if you know, when the losses come, you know what? Let's see what this team can, can grow with and try to get better and win the next one. So um, we'll be here for the post game show, win, lose, or draw. Yeah, my final thoughts are simple and uh, it is take what the season gives you. And I can be honestly say that at least right now, the season has given us something to be excited about. And the fact that we get to see what this rookie quarterback can do, I would be, I would be really more, I would be, I would be depressed more sad if Mitch Trubisky was still the quarterback because you just felt like there was no hope. And that's something Brian spoke about earlier that now that it feels like there's hope a little bit, a glimmer, that's something let's cling to it. Let's stick together as a fan base. Cheer for the Steelers no matter what. Doesn't mean we can't be critical, but cheer for the Steelers no matter what. And uh, we will be here every step along the way. So, Dave, with that being said, why don't you send us out? Hey. See you next week for another Steelers preview. Everybody else gets a little tight.